0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Parshas This week's parsha is divided really into two topics. The first part speaks about the voda of Yom Kippur, and the second part speaks about forbidden relationships. The parsha begins Veidaber Hashem Eloshem. Hashem spoke to Moshe. Achrimosne After the death of Aaron's two sons, who were Aaron's two sons that died? So, the question is asked: What does this have to do with anything? They are already dead; they are not doing the vote in the base of or in the mishkan. The Pasha could have just started off the dabr Sheva moshe, and he's telling him dabr Aaron achichad, and tells him what to do in the in the mishkan. Why does he include? It was after the death of Aaron's two sons. So, Rashi right in the beginning explains with a marshal from Elazar and Azariah that someone was sick and he came to the doctor. And the doctor tells him, don't eat cold food, don't lie in a damn cold place. Another doctor comes and says to the guy, don't eat cold food, don't lie in a damn place, so you shouldn't die like that fellow last week who died. That's a much more powerful lesson, because now you brought it home to the person. Don't just say, don't eat cold food or don't lie in a damn place. But he told him, don't do it, because you'll die like that person died. And that's the same thing over here, Be careful with these alachas, so you shouldn't die like the two sons of Aaron died. There's an interesting Gemara, and it says a little differently, the Gemara in uh, the Yerushalmi and Yuma, in the beginning, and it says, Just like Yom Kippur is mechaper for the Averos, so too is the death of Tzadikim. And therefore the Torah is putting these two together. Just like Yom Kippur brings kapara, forgiveness, so too does the death of Tzadikim. And in fact, we find this in a few, in a few places, the Gemara in my Katan, on the very last page of the Masechta. The Gemara says, Ab'ami, Laman Ismacham Misa's Miriam, the Pasha's Parah right by Paraduma to- tells us about the death of Miriam. Now the myth of paraduma was given to us right in the beginning of her traveling in the desert. Miriam dies all the way at the end. And yet the turn makes it look like it happened at the same time it more explains that ma um ma paradum chapperas just like the paraduma brings forgiveness afnisat sadikim chapperas the death of sadikim bring forgiveness one more example lavenis mecha misis aron the bigde kohena why is it talking about the death of aron when it speaks about the clothing the kain goat wears ma bigde kohenam gaperin afnisat sadikim gaperas just like the clothes of the King God bring kapara for different things so to the death of Tzaddik and bring kapara. now it's a little difficult to understand we all know that if you want to do Tshuva so you have to do Tshuva how could it be that someone else dies and I get forgiveness there's a big Tzaddik who dies ah oh, now I'm forgiven I got a clean slate how could that be we know if you want to do Tshuva you have to do Tshuva what does it mean that Tzaddik dies and we get forgiveness in fact with Moshe Feinstein, by the funeral, or by the, giving a hespit for the Mira Yeshiva of Chaim Shmulevitz, who died around Hanukkah time, and Moshe Feinstein started crying and he said, we obviously didn't use Yom Kippur properly, if a few weeks after Yom Kippur a Tzadik can die, it must be we didn't get kapar on Yom Kippur, and therefore we need the death of a Tzadik. What does that mean? A tzaddik dies, we're forgiven, there's no connection, that's not our religion, that one person dies, and other people are forgiven so how, does, how are we supposed to understand, so the Me'iri and the Gemara tells us as follows, that when a tzaddik dies, we are motivated by that to look into ourselves, and we should do chuva. a tzaddik dies it shakes us up, but we ourselves are going to do chuva. that's the case, why do I need a tzaddik to die, in my generation to do tzaddik let me think about the Chavetz Chaim. Chavitz Chaim died. I don't mean to break the bad news to anybody, but he's dead. Why? So let me do tshuva. Rashi died. Let me do tshuva because of that. What does it mean that a tzaddik in my generation dies and therefore I do tshuva? And I think the answer is that when a tzaddik from a previous generation dies, we don't feel much of a connection. Of course, we learn his Torah. We learn about him, so we should learn lessons from him. But he's not connected to us. A tzaddik is in our generation is someone who lived through the same things that we go through. The same tests, the same nisyanos, the same issues that we have, he has. Or she has. And when that person dies, we think to ourselves, we better do tshuva. And it, it, it motivates us to do tshuva. And that's why it says, when a tzaddik dies, we do tshuva. We get forgiven, because we ourselves are motivated to do tshuva. Sometimes people think that in a generation like ours, oh... People say, you're not so good. We don't compare to earlier generations. You ever hear that from anybody? In the previous generation, we were much better. The truth is, it's not so true. Every generation has their tests. And every generation, Hashem says, I'm going to give you your test and your ability to overcome them. In fact, this generation, that people say, you've got so many problems. In the Gemara it says, that people say, Mashiach should come. But I should have lived during that time because the tests would be too great and many Swarm tell us that our generation is one of the greatest generations we are the generation that Hashem trusted with all these tremendous tests because who knows who knows if the Tanayim and the would be living now if they would be able to pass these tests and the Zayar says that and many swarm say that Erev Pesach was a tremendous person who passed away you may have heard of him. His name was Rav Israel Tauber. Rev. Israel Tauber was a Holocaust survivor. He was also a very successful businessman. But he was not just happy making money. His main job was, was to help people become closer to Hashem. And he started an organization called Shalheves. In the middle to the end 1970s, he opened up a branch of Arsameach in America, in Muncie. And he helped fund it, and he helped build it, and he would give classes there. And he helped thousands of people become free. One day he was flying to Eretz and he was—it was not a direct flight. It was a stopover in Belgium. They landed in Belgium. They're supposed to take off three hours later. And all of a sudden, there's an announcement at the airport. There's a problem with the aircraft. The plane can't take off. They have to leave tomorrow. But they're going to put up everyone in the airport. They're going to transfer them in a shuttle and they'll pick them up in the morning. All right, they had no choice. They get on the bus. They go to the the hotel. Rezul Tauber goes into his room. He sits down with a nice big Gamar and he says, Ah, over here, nobody's going to bother me. Nobody knows where I am. Nobody can get hold of me. Usually people are calling him left and right. No one can call him now. No one knows where he is. He's going to sit and learn the whole night. He'll get on the plane. He'll sleep on the plane. He sits down on his Gemara. He begins to learn. And the next thing he knows, the phone rings. He picks up the phone. It was the airline calling. He said, Okay, we're ready to pick you up. What? <laughs> and he looks at his watch and he realizes he just slept for eight hours. He sat down on his chair and he was in a sleep in a moment. He was so depressed. He runs outside, gets on the bus, goes to the plane. He sits on the plane. He was so sad. He thought to himself, What type of person am I? I always say I don't have that much time for learning because everyone's coming to ask me questions. And I'm very busy helping people. But now it reached a point where nobody was bothering me. I could learn the whole night. And I fell asleep after a minute. He was very, very sad. Then a little while later, he thought to himself as follows. You know, it's true that my grandfather, if he would be in the same situation, he would have learned the whole night. But I had a test that my grandfather didn't have. You see, I was sitting down with my Gemara, but right across from me, on the dresser, was a large TV with a remote. I could have sat there and watched hundreds of channels of television. I could have watched things that I'm not allowed to watch. Nobody would know. No one knew that I was here. I could have looked at things that would have taken my grandfather a lifetime of planning to be able to go and do those averos. And I could have done it in an instant, and I didn't do it. So true. My grandfather in his generation had his tests, but me and my generation, I have my own tests, and that is our generation. So he says, I pass my test. He goes, I didn't watch anything, and that is means that every generation has their test, and with every generation, Hashem gives the ability to go and pass those tests. If they tell us in this generation that in a second you can click a button and see the worst things possible and the most tumor right away, well, guess what? Zelumazel. We always spoke about everything has to weigh each other. If in a second I can do so much Torah, you know what that means? It means in an instant I can have so much Kedusha. And that's the lesson we learned from this parsha that the Mises of Tzaddikim are mechaper, they forgive. But it's only the Mises of Tzaddikim of our generation who go through the same test that we have. Have a wonderful Shabbos. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com.